Hello and good morning and welcome to According to Courtney. I am Courtney West. I am the owner of Three Gems Birth Services. I'm a full spectrum doula, prenatal educator, placenta encapsulist, mental health, um, (laughs) not mental health, that's her next door. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I work in maternal health and I'm here to have these moments with you guys that according to Courtney's where we can have you know, conversations that most times in our communities we don't get to have. And then sometimes it's going to be on maternal health, mental health, and something all in between. And today, I'm so excited to have Miss Dr. Z in the house with us. Hello, Miss Danita. Hey, hey, I'm so excited to be here. Listen, the last time I was in this space, in this chair, on this platform, <laughs> I had the stress of hosting. You know, a podcast segment. Now I just get to be present and answer questions and just go along with the conversation. So it's good to be on the other end, but even better to be on the other end with conversation with you, Courtney West. Ah, thank you so much. Good morning. And so I'm so happy to have you in the space. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you and me sitting on this platform with you and being able to talk about Black maternal health. So I thank you and give you your flowers as always. And so, so glad to have you here. And so to open up the space, I love to ask three questions. So everyone gets to know who you are and how you are. So I like to ask, what's your name? Meaning like, what's your name, who you come from? Or, you know, where are you from? Where's your ancestor and your origin and how you got to be here? And then three, what are your intentions in the space today? Okay. Well, let me say good morning, Sophia. I saw you say good morning. Good morning, Sophia. Um, my name is Zanita Ellison. I am a licensed mental health counselor and I own a group counseling practice named um, called New Vision Behavioral Health Incorporated. Uh, we provide mental health and addiction services. I am a native of St. Petersburg, Florida, born and raised. Yes, uh, I have two children, 19, about to be 20 and 13. Yes, yes. So, you know, obviously I have some birthing stories, but um what called you asked what called me here? Is that what so you're you the answer to already because it's like what's okay. your name? Okay. What how where are you from and what like again brings you into the space? Um an opportunity to just unpack a topic that doesn't get discussed or supported as it should um, in general, but specifically amongst our people, with us, with African-American people. And it impacts us every day, every minute, um, but it's not something that we bring light to and we get to have a conversation about. And so just opportunity to share and to inform and to learn. I love it. I'm so glad you're here. So today's um, topic is going to be maternal morbidity. I want to start out before we get started that this is going to be a very touchy subject. This subject is something that's going to really move you in your spaces and it's going to be a difficult topic. Being in according according is to be in a safe space is to have these topics. So I want you to be okay with that. Embrace yourself for those types of conversations. Okay. And then when we're doing this conversation, We're moving this conversation out of love 
and out of education, okay? And that's really important that people understand that that's what this conversation is layered in because when you leave here today, you're going to have some questions. You're going to be looking at yourself a little different and your family a little Mm -hmm. different. And I want you to just be, you know, okay with that and know it's okay to not feel okay about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You said that because I remember having this conversation or something closely related um, on a different platform, but I was expected to be a panel expert in my field. Mm-hmm. And I remember just finally acknowledging my own birthing story. You know, I connected with my moms because it, it created, you know, the origin of Zanita, but I never really connected with my own traumatic birthing story of um, my first child. So, yeah, that's good, good advice. And I'm glad that I know, you know, whatever is comfortable with, I would love to talk into this. So I want to open up what the difference is between maternal mortality versus maternal morbidity. So maternal mortality is the fact that we have women that are Black Americans that are dying four to five times of their white counterparts. And that is dying during childbirth or right after in postpartum time periods. Mm-hmm. These women are not or deceased from things that are 99% of t- times preventable. Now, this is different from maternal morbidity. Maternal morbidity refers to unexpected outcomes of pregnancy, labor, or delivery that has short-term or long-term consequences on a mother's health. For every woman who dies from pregnancy, it is estimated 20 to 30 more experienced acute or chronic morbidity. The resulting consequences can affect the person's physical, mental, sexual health, and their social economic status in the United States. Mm -hmm. The the morbidity outcomes are on the rise and many times they're not even being documented. Mm -hmm. So this is from the World's Health Organization. This was printed back out in 2019. So even then, to think about that was 2019, think about where we are now from getting through the pandemic. Yeah. Has that shaped our lives? How the social economics of everything's more expensive now Mm -hmm. how are we showing up so i'm sure these numbers are even higher than what they are here and so what i want to do is like people are like well what does that really mean Mm -hmm. you know that's a snapshot but what is that really saying so i want to break it down to a way that i feel like to me your story when i met you on a panel you explained your birth story of yourself and your daughter. And this really clicked for me what maternal morbidity is. So when we have a child and we give birth and in the birthing experience, the whole experience was nothing but stressful. I noticed I ended up with high blood pressure and I ended up with anxiety and depression that every time I was around the birthing experience or being in the hospital, I, I have horrible anxiety now. My birth experience, no one heard me and I almost died. And then I gave birth to my child. And now because of it, I have high blood pressure, I have severe anxiety, I have postpartum depression, Mm. and now I've implanted that onto my child Mm. and how I shape my child and how I love my child. And this goes back actually to enslavement and the antebellum period where the history of gynecology was birthed, that Mm. enslaved women were forced to birth strapped down to tables being Mm -hmm. harmed without medication and Mm -hmm. that you had this trauma that was based into them of this is how they gave birth Mm -hmm. and And even the way they practiced gynecology back then right they truly practiced medicine on us right 
And it's still those same things that were set in place back then are what are used today. If you look in medical journals about how to deal with black birthing people is that we're allowed and we can take extreme amounts of pain and it's mm. okay not to listen to us. So this is the birth of gynecology was done off the trauma of our bodies and so mater maternal morbidity has been passed down generation to generation. It's very hard not to meet a black woman in America when you say, how do you feel about going to the hospital that you automatically are fearful? Mm -hmm. That's the first knee-jerk reaction is I'm scared. Why is that? The history of. So I want to hold space to have some really difficult conversations with that and you know how with having a mental health therapist how do you see that and have you seen this show up you know yeah you know um you know when a woman is pregnant definitely the circumstances around her pregnancy um is a is a huge impact in that during that um pregnancy period right um, if it was an expected pregnancy, if it was an unexpected pregnancy or an undesirable pregnancy, um, if the circumstances, you know, if we already have so many kids and we're struggling and I have more. So the dynamics of um, uh, inception and, you know, the, the social economic or whatever environmental factors that that woman has sets the tone for her maternal health. Right or her maternal experience. So if I'm already starting my maternal experience dealing with stress because this is not what I wanted, not what I expected, or I can't afford to have this child or this person I'm, I'm pregnant from, you know, I have, I'm not even in relationship. Those dynamics set the tone. I know for me to be transparent, I didn't, I didn't expect to get pregnant. You know, this was a new relationship I was in. Um, and when I was, when I was told I was pregnant, I was shocked, you know, and I'm a grown woman. I was in college. Actually, mm -hmm. I had my whole life planned. I was moving to Texas. I was getting in grad school. I had everything planned. And then when I was told I was pregnant and I knew who that father was, I was devastated. So now that set the tone to have a devastating experience. And then everything that came thereafter, I was severely depressed when I was pregnant, I moved back home because of the suggestions of my family. Oh, you can't do it on your own. That's too much. You might as well move back home. I did it and I regretted every day of that decision. And so here I am now pregnant and my child is um, in vitro feeling these stress hormones. So I'm not only feeding her the food I eat, but also the stress I experience, the depression, the fear, the anxiety. My child is getting all that unbeknownst to me. Um, I even signed up for a Healthy Start experience. So I was a part of Healthy Start and they would send the case manager over there and they took, they had me do an evaluation and she asked me if I was depressed. And at that time I had just graduated my psychology degree. I'm like, no, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm thinking, hell yeah, I'm depressed. But I was, I was too prideful because how dare I? And so I denied my depression throughout my entire pregnancy, um, let alone to have a traumatic birthing experience um, in the hospital when it was time for me to deliver. And so to go back to the original question, a woman's inception story, a conception story, excuse me, 
her um, maternal treatment. So if she is connected or not connect, not feeling connected to her obstetrician can impact it. Um, the dynamics um, in her relationship, her home life, her career finances. Um, some women, they hide their entire pregnancy from their employers. Imagine how stressful that is. I can't even show up, you know, and naturally be pregnant on the job because I could risk losing my livelihood or my career. So those factors that are, I think are unique to every woman's story impacts uh, the emotional, mental, and maternal health. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And a lot of times this has shown up so much in our community and we never talk about it. It'll be like, and I see it a lot with my work with moms who have multiple children sometimes. And they're like, how am I going to make it? I'm already mm -hmm. working five or six twelves to take care of them. The father's yeah. left. They're not in this space. Right. How is this? And then when I go into the you know, the hospital or the doctors, they're not looking at me. They won't even pay me attention. I'm telling them mm -hmm. I'm stressed or there's like your blood pressure is high, but I'm like, no one's talking about my blood pressure is high because I'm so stressed. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, you know how that's showing up in families. And then also the hard part is like how it shows up in our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because now we're showing them, you know, we're, we do a lot of times what we're taught. And so mm -hmm. we have to look at how our parents are taught. So like the generation before us, they were taught that I love you by nitpicking you and making you perfect because the world has to see you as perfect. You don't mm -hmm. have the opportunity not to be great because of the trauma that I went through birthing you and giving, having you in this world. This is the only way you're going to be able to make it. So right, behind closed exactly. doors, I may harm you by saying hurtful things to make you better versus outwards to other people. I tell everyone how much I love my child and how amazing they are. Yeah. Or to make you stronger. You know, yes. how many hurtful things or how, how much do we have to struggle as children unnecessarily because our parents are wanting to make us stronger. This super independence that we have. Well, you know, I don't need anybody. I don't need help. And we come from a generation of community. Community was our thing. But mm -hmm. I think we also fostered this super independence because we were, you know, we were what they call latchkey kids. We were home by mm -hmm. ourselves while our parents were working, babysitting our younger siblings, being responsible for things that honestly we shouldn't have been at a young age. I mean, my daughter, she was like clean. Like my daughter was a very responsible child. God gave me who he knew I needed because mm -hmm. I was out in college. You know, I went back to school. I was working a lot. Like I was this growing emerging professional and I neglected the the needs that my child had at that age because I was so I think I took advantage of her super independence her responsibility but that's kind of like how we raised you know our children to be because it was a hard world absolutely and it was the safest thing like hey I got to keep you here but I got to go out because the social economics change is like, I have to run like this to make sure you have the life that I want for you because you deserve right. the best, but it is neglectful in the same way. I can say it for the same. I am very blessed with my oldest daughter. Me, Jalen and I, that's my whole heart. She's She'll be, she's 15 and we've gone through the muck together. I got pregnant with her when I was 19, had her at 20. Her father left at seven months and says, she your problem. You figure that mm -hmm. out. And mm -hmm. I was devastated because I never thought 
I would be in those situations. However, due to me being raised by a single parent, I was like, I got this. It's fine. I don't need nothing. And, and just shielded that pain and absorbed it and just was like, it's okay. I can do this. I can make it. I can make it. And Jalen grew with me. But that's very hard. Yeah. You know, she went through nursing school with me. She went through everything with me. So, you know, it was a lot. And she does have, she's super independent and she's super mm-hmm. helpful with her sister to the more to the degree than she doesn't need to be. And I've yeah. had to have those conversations with her. I think about 13, we had to have some conversations. I had to sit her down and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. This was not okay. I didn't mean to do it. I was trying to make sure your life was great. I, I was taught yeah. that you deserve everything and this is the way for me to give it to you, but I am sorry. And I had yeah. to readjust my life mm-hmm. because I need her to say and say, yo, hey, I need here. You need to be here. And I'm yeah thankful for that because that was a shift. Yeah. That I feel maternal morbidity does to people. You don't realize what's going on most of the time. You're just living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, you know, you, Courtney, uh, being vulnerable and transparent enough to admit, you know, where you fell short and say, I'm sorry. I feel like that switched the track. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you changed the trajectory um, because maybe you had a super independent mom who was a hard worker and strong and that's what she equipped you to be. And you probably was headed down that same road with your with your daughter. But you being vulnerable enough and say, hey, listen, I didn't do it right or do it like I wanted to. And I'm sorry. You know, I think that probably like in her mind, like I think that could have created a shift, a shift for her, a shift for you all and a shift for the generations to follow. For sure. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that. I I I can say you actually those nail on the head. My mother is a super independent person. I'm very proud of my mother. Like my mom, I get Toby what's her flowers all the time because she became a prosecuting attorney as a single parent. She did wow. everything alone between her and my grandmother. And my mother was the type of person because she was raised by my grandmother, who was a very strong woman who raised four children alone. She had mm-hmm. an abusive husband, and so he was gone. He would come into the world, do harm, and leave, and that was what mm-hmm. how he did. So she worked three, four nursing jobs and created group homes and parented the whole community. But it affected her to her children. Yeah. But it taught them to put community first. Yeah. And, and that was a deal. Communities first. But yeah. there's other things of how you're super independent. I can go save the world and work real hard. You'll be all right. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. I'm going to say ouch. And I'm going to say ouch. Yeah, that was, that was me at one point. You know, me being this new emerging therapist. And I got this new emerging Black-owned counseling business. And the, the world is calling on me and recognizing me for do this. Help my child here. Help my child. And finally, I had it took my children, me seeing them start to fall apart on their own and unravel on their own. I said, Mm-mm, I refuse to show up for everybody else and everybody else's child but my own. I refuse to help other people's children be healthier than my own. And I had to really just, I had to, I had to come back and really focus on the family, you know, family Mm -hmm. over family, over the community, over church. You know, I had a mom who church was priority. We were priority too, but Mm -hmm. y'all going to church, you know, and, and the church got a lot of her time and attention. By the time she got to us, she was exhausted. You know, she was exhausted. 
and same family, same thing. Church was everything for my grandmother. They, the, her children were raised in church. She worked all the time. She was exhausted. She gave what she had to give, but to give her best, that was her best. And yeah. my mom, she was a top cop. She was what sheriffs. She was the poster child. And then she came attorney. She was the poster child. Everybody knew Toby West and to live behind that was very like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then I did it again with myself. I emerged as this person doing this work. Mm-hmm. But it made me stop and look at my children and it's like, stop. And it was my own children unraveling. I was like, you know what? Who do I love most? And I watch even in my own career, because I've watched so many birth workers. What we don't talk about is we have one of the highest rates of divorce. Wow. Because we're gone so often and having so many issues with our own children because we show up so much for other people. We're gone 24 mm-hmm. hours, 48 hours, five days because we're showing up for the other parts of the community. And so therefore our children, you know, lose out on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On birthdays, Christmas. I've, I've, I've left on my daughter's birthday party. I am so sorry, baby. I got to go. Cause I got to go do a birth. Wow. That's a yeah. lot. Mm -hmm. And so to change that maternal morbidity, because I realized that in myself, I had to do two things. I turned and apologized to my daughter, but then I turned to my mother and said, you know what? I see you. And I Mm -hmm. think for doing the best that you need to do Mm -hmm. and to giving her that flowers, because she also turned to me. I could have done things differently, but it took me coming to her saying, Let's talk because you are the best grandmother that I could ever want as a mother. Because you turned uh, yeah. just for your grandchildren. She's yeah. the best grandmother I could ever ask for. Yeah, same here. Like my mom showed up when I went through my divorce from my daughter's dad. Like my mom showed up and she filled in the gaps. It was hard for my daughter to, you know, that separation. And she filled in the gaps physically, emotionally, even after I gave birth, like she took my baby for a while. I think that's why I did not end up with postpartum because I had that support to, you know, to show up and help me not be overwhelmed. Um, so we had that kindred support. Um, but yeah, they they were able to turn it around and show up differently for our children. Absolutely. And sometimes we just have to say thank you, you know, thank you for that, you know. And I feel like our parents are the generation that really changed that. Cause I can say for my daughter, the oldest one, I was at fam. I was at college. I was living my life. I just knew I was. Courtney, gonna be- I didn't know you went to fam. Yes, honey. I was a rattler. Okay. I was a bay, honey. Yes. Okay, yes. I loved it. I wanted to go there. I knew I was going to do theater. I knew I was going to change the world. Cause I had something to say. And then I got yeah. pregnant with my daughter and I was so heartbroken to come home. Cause I thought I was coming home as a failure. Yeah. And same i moved in with my grandmother and my mother and they you know nurtured me i had to come home like coming home was important my grandmother was having surgery and i needed to be in the spaces with my women and i thought you know i'm a disappointment because my mom had me in college and i was like i didn't want to be that but coming home healed so many things in me because I went back up into Tallahassee to give birth to my child and I had the support from home and they had my support up there but when I realized the support was not there with my child's father everything it was simple come home and Mm -hmm. I came home and how I watched them show up for my daughter Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I it made me love them so much deeper and realize the things they were saying they didn't say to my daughter they didn't Mm -hmm. come at her they didn't love her out of the thing that the wounding I had 
did right. to them and now to have those conversations with them like hey when you're coming into her you're kind of coming at her like you did me let's let's talk about it and being mm-hmm. susceptible to it because they're like i love my grandbaby so much i would never want to yeah and- yeah i did say i had to have that same conversation with my mom because my mom's as hard as she is stick with like you said that pull you apart and mm-hmm. pick, pick everything and like that's how my mom was you know um because she she like she knew the world that she was putting me out there too, you know? Um, But it did me a disservice to some, in some areas, in some ways, but she didn't do that with my daughter. And when she did with with my daughter or my son, I would say, mom, like, like, can we not do that? Can we not say that? Or, okay, she like, I would become a buffer and I would explain, like, I don't really want you to say those things or whatever, because this is how it made me feel. And we don't want to do that. And she got it. You know, she got it. Absolutely. And I I feel that's such a beautiful thing. And that's how you're able to change maternal morbidity and make sure that that's not a thing. It's about having those very hard discussions with our children because our children see everything. So even Mm -hmm. like if it shows up physical, mental, social, emotional, they take Mm -hmm. on those characteristics. You know, Mm -hmm. I know with my second child, I had severe depression and I had severe postpartum depression afterwards and high anxiety and PTSD from her birthing experience because it was so traumatic how it showed up in her and I have to remind her all the time that she's amazing she's immaculate and it doesn't matter but also be aware of whoa I did that Mm -hmm. I did that I did that I didn't mean to do that but I did that and hold myself accountable for that so therefore when I raised her what am I not gonna do to her now that's right yeah yeah yeah, I, I certainly can connect to that. I, I, I think I use more tougher language of myself. Like it was a really tough season for my daughter recently. And um, she was just kind of unpacking some of her poor decisions and just some of her experiences in general and traumas. And um, it was something she was spewing. And I was just like, I broke her, so I got to fix her. But I said, but thank God I have the capacity and the knowledge of how to do that. Absolutely. Thank God I'm in a healthier space within myself to show up for her. And I don't mean literally fix her or literally break her, but I meant I caused a lot of this knowingly or unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly um, by omission or commission. You know, I caused a lot of this. So it's my responsibility to help her heal. Absolutely. And I love how Sophia put it. Having those conversations is not easy for me with my mom, even at my age. There's a lot of fear and judgment based on culture, religion, and expectations to this day. Absolutely. These are not easy conversations. These are conversations that are not happening. There'll be a buffer in between. You always hear in the Black community, the mothers and daughters have issues and they don't get along. Which is not really what it is. It's the way that we're choosing to love and how we look at love is different. It's that that standpoint, I have to harm you before the world harms you. Mm-hmm. I got to beat it into you so you understand mm-hmm. because I love you so much because I want you to be great. Yeah. That's what that is. And understand. I'm only hard on you because I love you. Right. You know? It's like, I, mm-hmm. I need you to understand if I'm not hard on you, I don't love you. You know, mm-hmm. what is it? Spare the rod, spoil the child. Like that's really... I've been a beaten process, but you have to think about where did that come from? And right. that we're the new generation of saying, no, you're not. We're not going to do this. We're not mm-hmm. going to do this. You're not doing this with my children. You're not doing this with me, but I love you. And I right. see you. Right. I understand your hurt. 
and I am okay to be there. And in our culture, it's like, no, I can't. I got to be a rock. I got to be this. I can't. I can't show that type of um, vulnerability. Yeah. And I think it's kind of coming with age. I can say for myself, it came with age of being older and doing this work, doing birth work, being in space with other people's families and watching their dynamics of watching their children give birth and having their fears of saying, I don't want to be close to my child during their birth because of all the fears and traumas I had. I don't want to put them on my kid. And then in turn, the mother is feeling like, why would my mother not support me? Why is she so standoffish? I really need her. And then watching the dynamic and having to explain she's loving you by staying away because she's afraid to put her trauma on you. It's not that she don't want to be there for you. She just knows what has happened to her and she doesn't want to make that part of your story. Mm-hmm. And yep. then we have to look back and be like, hey, <laughs> pause. Yes. <laughs> what, what? Why did you choose to do X, Y, Z with my own mother and to have her have that? Like I, I called her before I started this show and I was like, hey, I got some questions. Like, if you would have had a different birth experience, would you have had more children? She said, if I had a different birth partner, I would have had a different experience. If I had different wow. moms, <laughs> I would have had different experience. She's like, I needed someone who's going to show up for me the way you needed to be shown up for. I needed yeah. to be in a space that you deserved everything you could. And so when the realness caught in of this is all I have and this is all on me, I yeah. knew for me as a parent, this is what I could give you. And if yeah. someone else can't get this, they, there ain't going to be no more. And I was right. like... Wow, that that's that's big. That's self awareness, introspection. Like, yeah, that's big. That's good for her for saying that. I mean, I wanted more kids, Courtney. I wanted five kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted five kids, but I married wrong. Didn't have what it took to be in healthy relationship, choose healthy partners, or be a healthy partner. So, therefore, two divorces later. So, the life that I thought I was gonna have did not give me the opportunity to have more kids. Even though my birthing experience was very traumatic, I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this again. Like, it was hard for me, my second child, because I remember how traumatic the first experience was. But my heart, I wanted a big family. I didn't come from a big family. It was just my brother and I. I wanted a big family, but the circumstances didn't didn't offer me that opportunity. You know, and if I would have had them back then, I wasn't half as healthy of a person back then that I am now. And so now I'm like, okay, now I got a lot of awareness. I have the tools. But now I'm 42, unmarried, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't want to do it single. And so, you know, just sometimes we have to realize that, yeah, we may have wanted our lives to be a certain type of way or have a certain type of family system. And we don't. And, you know, and kind of accept and grieve over that reality and that truth. I don't know where that came from. I think that was off topic, but no but actually it's completely on topic because that is maternal morbidity because of those things because of the choices because of the things Mm. and why do we pick because i can say i did all of those things i did what my mother did she married wrong she picked the wrong person she wasn't ready for it they were in the right right spaces so there was me i did it twice i was in a relationship with my first one in college and i was married with my second one and married wrong i didn't make the right decisions i wasn't emotionally aware enough of a person to see why I picked the wrong people or I picked people who needed certain things or were unhealthy themselves because of their old things that they didn't get to untop- mm-hmm. unpack as children. So you better two, preach. You know, it was two unhealthy <laughs> people who never got to unpack. Yes. And I can say with myself, 
ooh, all right, we're going to do this today. So for myself, the trauma of giving birth to my second child, I had a seizure. Um, the doctor didn't show up. My husband at the time and my mom were there for the birth of my child. And the trauma that came with her, with my high blood pressure, my sickness, I ended up being epileptic. It caused me to be like, I was so fearful. I never want to have children again. Mm. And so I went in for a medical procedure that is these insurers that Medicaid was paying for at the time. I thought it was something that would be a temporary fix. My doctor didn't explain to me that she was sterilizing me. And so I realized because I was in such a deep depression yeah. and such deep fear. I was like, I don't want, I need a five year break before this ever happens again, because I don't want to make a mistake of having to bring somebody into where I'm at right now. Cause I had such severe postpartum, but yeah. then when, I, when the fog let off, because I didn't know what was wrong mm. with me. My daughter was six months when I called my doctor and I'm like, I've been walking around the park for the last four hours. I can't stop screaming and crying. What's going on with me? It's like, you have postpartum, you have severe postpartum. And then when the fog cleared, I was like, hey, what did I do to my body? What, wait, why am I so sick? What is happening? And because I come to find out the East Shore, I was, my body was allergic for, to it. So I had to have it removed and I lost my both ways. I can't reproduce. So I didn't know I was sterilizing myself. And then through the trauma of that birth and everything else, I had to have, you know, a part of myself removed. So I'm sterile. And wow. so now that I'm in this space in my life, I'm 36 and I can, yeah. you know, have the love of my life of who I would want to grow this family right. I picked the right person. I picked the right stuff. Yeah. That's not my reality. Wow. 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 Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's, that's deep. And I'm sorry that happened to you that when you were in a dark place, you sought medical support and instead they gave you an experience that changed the trajectory of your life. I feel like that happens. Thank you for that. But it happens a lot in our work, in our community. And this is actually what really drove me into coming into this work because I didn't want my birth experience and trauma to be anyone else's. Because with my first child, it wasn't like that. But I was in Tallahassee. I was in a loved experience. I was really had a lot. But here in St. Pete, I was married. I did it the right way. But there was Mm -hmm. no support. There was no anything. And so, you know... I, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what it was. And I was fearful to talk to my family because I'm like, well, my grandmother raised four children. She did it. She never had these problems. My mom yeah. raised me and she didn't have these problems. Like yeah. there must be something wrong with me. I must not mm-hmm. be woman enough to be a parent to these children. Yeah. And that was yes. morbidity. It took me going through that to my grandmother showing up and saying, that's not true. No, I I went through a lot. I suffered a lot. Please don't think that because if we put that on you, we are sorry. My mom Mm -hmm. said, oh, no, 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 no. It was so hard. It was so traumatic. I'm so sorry. You make us think that that's what we put the trajectory on. You just grin and bear it. That's not true. And they loved me through that. Yeah, that's good. Wow, wow, wow. I've seen it show up. Now, you know, Courtney, this this gives me an idea of why your passion looks the way it looks like you. You help me get to know you a lot, a little bit more every time we talk because of your experience, you know, and I always say trauma or tragedy can drive you in two directions. It could drive you crazy or it could drive you towards your passion or purpose. And you allowed your trauma to drive you towards your passion and purpose to help other women not be in the same situation. But even more importantly for me as a professional, I I work with pregnant mothers of women who have just recently had kids. And um, 
I was looking at the relationship, the professional relationship and the, the, on the business side, I'm like, how can we touch these women sooner? Because by the time they get to me, they're not interested in services anymore. They were like, oh, I asked for that months ago. I'm okay now. But who knows what decision that woman made during that time of her not being okay? Like to your experience, to where, what did she sign up for? What, you know, what decision did she make that could possibly have changed her life in not the best or healthiest way? And so getting to these women soon, early, getting the intervention so that way they don't make decisions that they'll regret. So that way they're not put in situations that could cause long, long-term harm or impact is so important. It's so Absolutely. important. Yeah, your advocacy is is remarkable because that maternal morbidity, morbidity isn't just in the form of high blood pressure or health concerns or health risks. You know, it's mental, emotion, social, emotional, mental risks that are also involved post delivery or post, you know, I can postpartum period. Postpartum, so, yep. It does. And I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, fun part, you know, like my mom has all the answers. She's like, this is a conversation that should be had in 10th grade. This should be had before we're being sexually active about important how much our wounds are and about what family planning really means. If mm -hmm. where do you want your trajectory of your life? If you think you want to have kids, what does that look like? How do you want to show up show, with your social economics? How are you showing up with your mental health? How are you showing up with your physical health? And then we start teaching that then. So that's normal. So if you know yeah. how to have a job, you know how to make money, you know how to grow up and you go through high school, this should be taught throughout that, hey, if you want to do these things in life, make sure that you're good first. What does that mm -hmm. good look like? Am I good mentally? So have a mental health therapist. How are you showing up with your physical health? How are you nurturing your body? How are we mm -hmm. feeding our souls? And how are we taking care of ourselves and teaching that to our daughters at such a young age that when it is time to date, you're in a whole different space to be in there. I can say for my daughter, and it's funny to me, she's like, uh, I don't know if I may not date till college. I said, why? Well, I know where my standards are and I know where I, where I want someone to be, to meet me. Most time, most people aren't developed enough until college or afterwards to be there. So why put myself in a situation where we're both not ready for that? And things can happen. When I'm looking at her, I'm like, oh, I know that's right. But wisdom. Okay. Ah, I just look at her, like, okay, say some more. And I'm trying to not freak her out, but I'm like, okay. Thank so, you. She had a trauma. I had. Thank you. She'll make better decisions. I did. Why? Right. she's so open with it. Right. Yes. Like, like, I talk to my friends. I'm like, please don't be having sex. And if you are, you need to be having conversation because you know, I know what it looks like. I've had a 17 year old teenager live in our house and my mom taking care of her and we're helping her with a baby i've seen what this looks like i know what the services are and they're not there so i suggest you not do this to yourself and i'm like yes okay oh, i yes. did this right and you it makes did you... that right yes and we, and we can we could start wrong and end right like well, we can yes. go midway of, you know it's never too late to say hey i messed up or hey i should do it differently sophia said there's a lot of points we share and <laughs> she need a call in line i think sophia got some questions she and i definitely want to hit on some of her questions i know we haven't taken like a break period of time because i want to do touch on what she's saying what advice is the best time and place to get started with that conversation 
I have desires to find the right place for the safe place of both of us. I can say for my daughters, when I started so early on, like I started so early on with both of my children because of how I showed up with my children. It took me having my second child, having severe postpartum depression, being completely broken, losing all of my hair from stress, everything for me to look at my children and say, you're watching everything I'm doing, aren't you? <laughs> Shit, that's a problem. Cause I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it made me look at them and look at what I was doing and how it was showing up in them individually. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that for my children. And yeah. that's when it started. And I will have to say that must have been my youngest was four. No, no. Yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it a little bit about five. She was about five years old when I started with her. And my youngest was in her about 12 or so. And we started having those conversations of me really taking accountability. And it really started in the pandemic for us because we had that time and that space to really sit and really be with each other so they could really see me and I could really see them. So yeah. I would say when you're in a safe space and I can say, I did a lot of work on myself and I would say, do the work on yourself before you open that can of worms. Because if you're not yeah. in a healthy space, don't be coming for nobody unless you're ready to get come for. So you better yeah. get all the way right. So I say, do the work on yourself and be open and ready to receive whatever it comes. I had to receive some tough stuff from my kids. Yes, that's that's so true, Courtney. When my daughter and I had that conversation, um, I had done a lot more work. And so I, I had, you know, I wasn't as sensitive mm -hmm. to my mistakes. I wasn't as sensitive to my poor decisions. You know, I had taken, I had learned how to take accountability for where I fell short. So right. I had to get to that phase. So that way when she mirrored everything that I had done and she brought up what life what like what life with me was like at certain points I had the strength to sit there and listen because I had already digested that for myself mm -hmm. I wasn't in denial and with my mom when I wanted to have that conversation with my mom as far as hey like this is what it was like at times I could not make her be ready and mm -hmm. I couldn't wait for her to be ready either it was something that I needed to do. But at the same time, I recognized it was important for me not to be in a place to where I was still vulnerable mm -hmm. to what she could have said that could have been hurtful or not validating. I had to realize that I wasn't, my motives had to be right. I wasn't trying to be harmful or hurtful. I really wanted to come with her with love. So I had to make sure I was in a place within myself that I wasn't resentful or angry that I could come to her with love and say, Hey, listen, this is what it was like for me. This is how I felt. This is how I feel. So that way she could hopefully be receptive to the information. Yeah. But I couldn't wait for her to be ready. Absolutely. And I can say the same thing for myself. I had to really make sure I was coming out of love because I know in the past I had come, but I was not ready. I was in a hurt and angry space versus a, yeah. uh, more of a healed space and more of an understanding space and also being able to really see her as a person. And I feel like a lot of times we don't see our mothers our grandmothers as people. We said, that's my mama. Okay. Mm -hmm. but no, no, no. She is someone outside of your mother. She is this, she has her backstory. She's had her own trauma. Right. She's had her own things. And right. to say, you know what? 
you're talking to me not really because you're talking to me you're talking to me out of your own trauma right now yeah you're talking to me out of your own fears you're you're projecting but you're not meaning to that's how you're trying to protect and you're also trying to protect yourself and that's okay and so yeah. i have to change the way i'm coming at you because mm-hmm. you you match i know like listen i explain to people all the time i am the wilder version of toby west like i'm the one who will come with you <laughs> i gotta like, meet toby west my mother is fascinating she's like when you meet her she's like oh she's like oh, she I gives you that you've met my mom she's I like gives you the attorney stare she's very classy she's very you can't play with my mama that's just the thing you're not trying to yeah, play she with her. Me that. yeah i she can see will, that your life <laughs> okay and then but at the same time being raised with it was tough because I was like Ugh. but the difference between me I was the one who's very who showed my emotions and moved in those types of passions mm-hmm. and moved in those things but I give her that space she gave me that space to be me and that was something that was very different she allowed me she's like I'm gonna take you to the mosque I'm gonna take you to the temple I'm gonna take you here I want you to see everything I want you wow, to be good. attached to everything she had me she was a black woman studies major and i had a lot to do with it because i just learned so early on the wholeness of being a black woman the power of your womb so i had a very different kind of mom so i had to look at it for as a child as yelling and screaming and having all these educational emotional points i took to an adult to be like what gift she gave me i was raised by a community of women so yeah, that's good. I had six mamas and it was such a beautiful thing that I was like, I didn't realize that until I had my own children. And that's what I gave to them and give to them. So they have that security because I was never independent. There was always someone in the pack that I could get that emotional tap in from. I had my godmother, mm-hmm. I had my grandmother. So my mom could be the strong, powerful person she was. But that's if I needed someone to hug me and, sh- and squish me up, I could go to my grandmother and know that that is that those needs are being met. Same with my children. Where I fall short, I listen. My kids will tell you, "Quit, Toby West is coming. Please don't play with her. <laughs> call right. my mama before you call my grandma. Please don't right. call my grandma first because they both come in and they both coming at you in two different kind of ways. So yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. So I love this. So in your opinion, how can men be more supportive in this space? That's a beautiful question. Men can be supportive in this space by doing the same thing. There's so much work that they have. Has anyone ever impacted them themselves? Have you checked in yourself? Because even how we come in relationships, we bring what we were born with into it. A lot of times we'll have these young men who are brilliant, bright young men who were lived in a single parent household and had to deal with the traumas and morbidities of that. So it's about unpacking that and having those honest conversations in marriages. I wish I would have done that. I wish we could have really sat in those spaces. It's like, let's unpack this so we can decide how, what type of parents we want to really be. Yeah. I would even say to that, you know, um, I, I, I ditto what you said about, you know, men kind of doing their own work and looking at their relationships, their maternal relationships and what that was like, you know, with the first woman of their life um, and even how they show up for women now or their wife or their children's mom or even their daughter, you know, mm-hmm. um, because your daughter may one day be a mother and um, to have her father come alongside and support her um in a masculine way and you know with love and attention um i think i think it's really impactful um i think the dynamics 
you know, between men and women are strained and um, they certainly need healing. I was watching, I was something on Instagram and Blueface, you know, the, the saga Blueface and Christian. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he tweeted like, you know, how do you expect me to be connected to my child when you left me out of the entire experience? You didn't have me in the in the labor and delivery. You gave him your name. Like he was just talking about the disconnect, but yet you expect me to show up and now be this connected father. And I don't always be feeling blue face and Christian or what they got, but that was like facts, like hashtag ouch. Like, you know, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like we we as women have to be mindful of either we want them a part of it or we don't. Right. And we can't do this back and forth or this, you know, using this baiting because of our emotions or because we're not getting what, what we want. At the end of the day, it's important for us to be supported by the fathers of the 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 children we're having, whether we're pregnant or we've given birth to them. It's important. Um, and it's important that we have somewhat of a amicable relationship so we can co-parent or I can at least have a healthy pregnancy. That's Absolutely. not a stressor for me. You know, our relationship won't have to be a stressor. Facts. And I feel like that's the main thing for men to show up. It doesn't matter if you're together or not. It's just for this pregnancy time, you want to bring her peace because whatever you put on to her, you're putting on to your child. And Absolutely. so... You know, to deal with your traumas, deal with your stuff, because it shows up so much, I can say, for a, as a young woman who was not raised with her father. And then to be raising two children whose fathers are not in the household mm-hmm. and having that, how that shows up for them and how yeah. they perceive men in those spaces. You guys are so important. For men, right. for young boys, you are their first person of their model who they may want to be. And for young women, you are who they end up marrying if That's you're right. there or not and if you're not there and you they've known only trauma that you have shown their mothers or right. they or you weren't able to be there period it affects versus the same if you do show up and you are there and you listen and you're loving and you're supportive who they pick will match what they've seen and what they've been taught so That's you're right. just is important in this conversation of maternal morbidity because it affects you just the same. Because how were you shown up? How were you reared? What are you? What do you have to unpack? What things did your mother have to go through to put onto you? And how are you going to show up with your kids? And the thing is to talk about it with your partner. You have these conversations before we're even conceiving. You know, like when you're on the date and you're like, "Yo, what's up? What you like? What's your colors? Everything." Yo, what's your birth trauma? Let's talk about this. What's your taxes? <laughs> like, I need to know. I gotta add that to the list. I need listen, to add that to the list. What's I your birth did. trauma? Listen, that's the, a good question. What's your birth trauma? Single world. You know, what's your birth trauma? Well, I'm not single right now, but still, I, I have to ask. My add that to the list because what? even if your relationships, usually you don't even have that conversation until pregnancy comes up. So it's like, how are we going to rear these children? Even when you co-parent, you're coming from different spaces of this is how I'm raising my children through the traumas of what I went through and maybe what that, their other parent went through and then what you're coming with. If you don't talk about these, how are we making these changes? We want to get away from maternal morbidity. Again, we're hitting 20 to 30% of times that are documented to four to five, to- five, four to five times the rates of black, the white counterparts, black people are dying. So now we have 20 to 30% parts that are documented, but it's probably even more than that. So how do you change this? Before conception, 
let's have these conversations. And if the baby is here, let's have these conversations. Let's do this work and think about what, how, how we are now. If someone could raise us differently, what would it be? Mm, and let's be good. the change and be the difference. That's good. That's good. I think Veep trying to he he trying to give us a message. You probably. Was, I think I see the pair of chat. Hey, go ahead. We sorry. <laughs> we gotta apologize. This was actually a very important topic that needed to be discussed. So I didn't want to stop the flow, but you know I got a business to run still. Absolutely, <laughs> we gotta do the things of the things. So listen, um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Great topic, ladies. I'm even me as a male. I'm enjoying this, so I appreciate the information. The artist we have for tonight is one of Blast's favorites. This is Demi Day, and this is called "Be Like You." a dead end everybody can't reach like can't reach like everybody can't dream like dream like everybody can't be like can't be like everybody can't be like you like you everybody can't reach like reach like and everybody can't dream like dream like everybody can't be like be like everybody can't be like you Yes, indeed. And that is, excuse me, that is Demi Day. And that is the song that's called Be Like You. And if you are an independent artist or a spoken word poet, 
or even an up-and-coming comedian looking for some exposure, you can go to BlastMusic247.com and register for free. But here's the thing. Blast also needs the fans. So if you're a fan of music, definitely go to BlastMusic247.com and register as a fan and have access to hundreds and hundreds of independent music at your grasp. So that's Blast. Changing the industry one artist at a time. Now, before I head out, I want to let you know that this right here is uh, sponsoring a part of our show as well as with Blast. Uh, Broken Treasure is a CD that is coming out called You Hold the Key. There are various artists from George Clinton, from Parliament, Big Mountain, The Outsiders, even actress Danielle Busati and Corey Feldman and many others who are creating a CD which is going for the education, for prevention, and the rescuing of kids being trafficked. Mm -hmm. So there'll be more information on this coming up. As a matter of fact, the founder of this nonprofit organization will be on Implosion this Thursday. Her name is Miss Andy Berger, so definitely check me out and her out, and I'm out. Love y'all. Love you so much. Yeah. I was feeling that song be like you. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that. And just what that awareness brings, you know, giving space for your mental, you know, letting yeah, you show up. And appreciating your authenticity, you know, yeah. wounds and all, right? Like wounds and all. I'm still unique. I'm still important. I'm still valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like like that's such a great way to like now we're hitting up that eleven card spot. How to end in that? It's like that authenticity of who I am, all yeah. flaws and all. That I am mm-hmm. good, I am great, and that we can show up as great people, as great mothers, as great grandmothers and aunts, and as fathers and as sons. You know, we can show up authentically and be beautiful. We don't have to let the morbidity of others or of ourselves choose how we will show up in this world that's right and despite you know the way we got it wrong despite the health implications that show you know that we received as a result of our maternal story um it's still our story Mm -hmm. and we still are and we still gave birth to life we still went through the process and some unfortunately didn't make it out and some unfortunately didn't give birth to, to life. Uh, it still holds value in our lives and we want to hold space for those people, you know, who had traumatic birth stories, who've had um, maternal um, mortality uh, or morbidity um, that you still have value your story matters your experience matters you matter you are not your experience it is never too late to change the trajectory you are not too jacked up too broken too messed up too traumatized to turn it around healing is around the corner you want to do it again it's okay to want to do it again if you've lost one two three four five children it's okay as long as your body has the capacity to do it to try it again there are women like courtney out there who are passionate about what they do who believe in life and believe in helping women experience the best maternal experience there are people like me who come alongside courtney and you and say hey let me hear what happened how can i support you 
How can we turn this around? How can we heal? How can we move forward? And so I appreciate these conversations um, because it lets people know they're not alone and let people know that we see you, you know, and these are things to be mindful of. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm thank you so much for saying all those. That really sums up all the things to say. It's like, you know, you are wonderful. You're immaculate. Yeah. Flaws and all. And through all these situations, we don't have to be the trauma. That's we can right. better from the trauma. Don't don't mm-hmm. let that face of who you are and through even the most painful circumstances, something beautiful can come from it. So don't let That's that be right. the trajectory. And the most beautiful part about it is that doesn't have to be your child's trajectory. Just because we went through it doesn't mean that we got to give it. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Courtney. So I love it. And thank you guys for coming in for According to Courtney for such a powerful and courageous conversation to have. I know it's not an easy one, but take some time. Look at yourself and then also give yourself some space of healing today. Sit with yourself and say, you know what? I might have gone through these these trials and tribulations, these things might have happened to me, but at the same time, I am loved, I am infinite, and I am deserving of healing. That's right. Yep. And you are safe. You are safe. safe. You are mm-hmm. safe. So I'm You're looking safe. forward to you guys coming in and seeing me next week. Another show, different topic. But every time I hope you leave with your cup full. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed the podcast. And again, thank you, Ms. Zanita, for coming with us. And again, let everyone know how to find you. And so that my son is trying to play with me right now. That's how I know we done. But, you know, like, um, how do they find you if they're looking for therapy or needs? How can they reach you? Sure. Again, the name of my practice is New Vision Behavioral Health. We're in St. Pete, Tampa, and soon to be Clearwater in Texas. You can find us at www.newvisionbehavioralhealth.com. Um, again, that's newvisionbehavioralhealth.com. Um, you can call us at 727-687-0997. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Sunita. And you know, you're always welcome on a quarter in the court. I always enjoy having you in the space. Oh, good. <laughs> I love Courtney, it. Bring me on. <laughs> yes, honey. Yes. There'll be more conversations that we need all, all on hands and all debt. So I thank you guys for holding space with us today. Again, I hope you're leaving with your cup being full and that you just leave with some great reflection. So you guys, I thank you and you guys have a great day. Yes. All right. We-